This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. It is 5.08. You're listening to the Evening Edition with Sharmila, Lynn and Sharad. First up this hour, Minister Datuk Sri Azalina Uthman Syed announced yesterday that the Cabinet has agreed on changes being made to limit the Sedition Act 1948 uh, to only be used in matters involving royalty. So this was the outcome of a recent dialogue on the issues of 3R, that's religion, race and royalty in the Cabinet. Um, And she said, that's right in principle, that it will be reviewed to ensure that the law is used only to protect the institution of rulers from any provocation. Now, for what it's worth... um the two R's aren't getting away unscathed. Um, She said other aspects regarding religion and race will be scrutinised and that may include enacting new laws if necessary when it comes to national harmony and unity. She said also that the Prime Minister's Department for Legal Affairs will take appropriate steps to review the Sedition Act in detail to ensure that proposed amendments will be truly intended to protect um, the institution of rulers. And this seems to be coming on the back of the arrest um, of uh, the Basar of Kadal, the former Mantri Basar of Kadal, caretaker government, uh, Mantri Basar right now, uh, for sedition, uh, there was a lot of, I think, pushback, uh, saying that Pakatan, at least as a party, a coalition, had um, proposed a long time ago to get rid of the Sedition Act because of abuses. So I think... Um the Sedition Act, of course, is something that uh, for quite a while now has had people calling for uh, outright repealment or um, to at least review uh, what it can cover. And so I do think this is something that will be welcome. Um, I am curious, though, what it might mean in terms of when they say we're going to be looking at other laws or when they say that there are going to be other mechanisms in place, because I recognize um, that hate speech and so on, does need to have some form of um, safeguard. But on the other hand, it would be disappointing to see it replaced with something else that perhaps is is the same thing in a different name. I guess all of it comes down to what we think the act is for. And and for different Mm. people, that means different things. Um, Because, of course, for every hate speech argument, Sharmila, that you're putting forward, you also get others who, and and we've seen this, um, use it in hugely repressive ways, um, use it in oppressive, sorry, hugely oppressive ways, um, use it in ways that are, broadly speaking, um, so general as to be almost meaningless as to cover almost everything. And so I think the the specificity of this, saying that it's going to be for the rulers, makes a lot of sense. Um, what it means, though, with regard to the potential other acts and the, the spillover effects of that will be interesting, partly because, and I... I'm trying not to be a pessimist because I actually don't mean to be. I think that this is broadly a good thing. Uh, But I was also thinking about the conversations about um, citizenship that happened recently, particularly around Malaysian mothers being able to to automatically confer their citizenship to their children born abroad and how that was received very well. But then it turned out that in order to accommodate that, that there were other laws and other sorts of permutations that came into play on citizenship that activists and advocates say, well, this isn't exactly what we asked for. So I I think it's just um, worth considering how we might see this play out. 
Yeah, so I think globally there's also a conversation we see what's happening in Sweden today uh, with the allowing for or the approval given to the desecration of the Quran, for instance, or other, in fact, all holy books and all things that are um, uh, precious to some group of people in the name of free speech. Uh, Elon Musk being a free speech absolutist himself saying, uh, so there are people who believe that, you know, as soon as you allow restrictions on free speech, whatever it may be, uh, argued for, uh, then you have this slow creep of authoritarianism. So the absolutists on one side, those who are pragmatic in the middle, and then those who just want to silence everybody uh, in their own interest. So that seems to be the spectrum. So um, we will be joined after this uh, by uh, Freda Susni, Chief Human Rights Strategist at the Malaysian Centre for Constitutionalism and Human Rights. Uh, we're talking about this because the Cabinet has agreed in principle to rework the Sedition Act so that it will only cover matters involving the royalty. Let us know, are you in support of this? You can call 77332900, send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Baba from Malacca. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. It is 5.14. You're listening to the Evening Edition with Sharmila, Lynn and Sharad. We are talking about um, news that the Sedition Law, the Sedition Act rather, um, at least in principle, the Cabinet has agreed that changes should be made that will limit the Act only to matters involving the royalty. This came by way of the Minister of Law and Institutional Reform, Datu Sri Azalina Uthman Said. So we've been asking you, are you in support of this? Send your thoughts through. You can call us, you can send us a voice note, you can WhatsApp us, you can tweet us. Now, joining us is Firdaus Husni, the Chief Human Rights Strategist for the Malaysian Centre for Constitutionalism and Human Rights. Firdaus, good to have you with us. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So the Sedition Act, of course, has been described as many things, um, you know, Mm-hmm. It's most often called draconian and unconstitutional law, mm-hmm. that it's a relic of the British colonial era. Walk mm-hmm. us through whether it has a place in Malaysia still. Uh, well, you basically summed up well, summed it up well that, uh, yes, uh, it was, it first came into existence, uh, uh, in our country in 1948. And the purpose of that was, uh, because of the intention of the British, which, which was to suppress, uh, and punish any individual who, uh, expresses any dissent or criticism against them, against, uh, the British, and also largely to contain the local communist insurgents at that time. So that's 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 one. And then if you were to look in the Sedition Act that we have today, that we have today, it says that any tendency to be seditious uh, is criminalized. So that in itself, even without looking at the many categories that, that it criminalizes, already creates a chilling effect on our freedom of speech and expression, which is guaranteed under uh, the highest law of the land, our federal constitution. And so even looking at all this from the bigger picture, looking at this from uh, the, from a constitutionalism aspect, you can see that Sedition Act doesn't stand and cannot stand in the world today, in the context of democracy today, in the context of how we understand freedom of expression uh, today. And even in in UK, when they were doing away with their Sedition Act, which 
now no longer is in their legal framework. Even they themselves admitted that this is an arcane law and that this law has no place in the context of freedom of expression as we appreciate it and as we see it today. So just for some perspective, right, how often has Mm -hmm. the Sedition Act been used to launch investigations and are there specific cases where the use of it has been called into question? All right. Okay. Well, if you look at the uh, trends, I would say, you know, um, the the past past uh, years uh, when it's been used, it actually follows some trends. So you'll see some years where you know there are multiple use of it, and you will see some other years in which other laws are preferred uh, to uh, to suppress dissent. Uh, but if we were to talk about sedition act. Specifically, um, a couple of um, incidences, or rather times where it was uh, it was used, was uh, during the Perak constitutional crisis. Um, a number of uh, lawyers, like the late Kapal Singh, uh, was charged with sedition uh, for uh, expressing his uh, uh, his opinion on the matter. Um, even uh, academician. Um, uh, Dr. Azmi Sharum, uh, now the Deputy uh, EC, Deputy uh, Election Commission. Uh, back then, he was also charged with uh, the Sedition Act. And a number of lawyers uh, was also charged, uh, aside from the Perak constitutional crisis, uh, for voicing their opinion uh, on a matter of constitutional concern, uh, for for voicing their, uh, their opinion on uh, court uh, judgment, uh, and also on a number of activists and civil society uh, for voicing criticism against uh, uh, public institutions or public officials. So if you were to look at this trend, Rather than uh, the Sedition Act, uh, rather than sedition, uh, the Sedition Act uh, enabling uh, an environment where freedom of speech and expression can thrive, it actually suppresses it even more. Uh, and the target of the uh, the target of the use of this Sedition Act seems to be those who are critical against uh, the government. Yeah. So now we have news that the cabinet has agreed in principle to restrict mm-hmm. the Sedition Act uh, to mm-hmm. the institution of uh, the, ro- mm-hmm. the royals, the royalty, uh, f- mm-hmm. and to protect them from provocation. First of all, mm-hmm. what, do you, what does it mean for the cabinet to agree in principle? Well, um, I would say as all matters that concerns law and policy reform, um, it would then be for the government of the day to then decide the direction uh, that that uh, it wants when it comes to the big, you know, big picture of the legal, domestic legal framework in the country. And so, when it comes to an act, they they agree that that the act be amended to, uh, then only uh, solely uh, focusing on, uh, let's say, uh, criticism against uh, the royalty. So they may, let's say, let's assume they say, yes, we approve. The finer details uh, when it comes to the construction or wording or exact amendment, uh, that will not be in that cabinet paper, uh, which is why, even if we have we hear an approval later, I would still say that you know the devil is in the details. We should be uh, on the lookout for what exactly is the amendment spelled out uh, in what is going to be uh, later tabled. What is the significance, though, of the cabinet um, agreeing? Well, at least in principle, to this now. Well, I would say. Um, 
it it, it signals a, a positive direction. Uh, it signals um, uh, an understanding, an appreciation that when you talk about the constitutional guarantee of freedom of speech and expression, uh, you also have a question that you need to answer, whether or not we have right now an environment that uh, uh, freedom of speech and expression. Uh, and so to answer that question, whether or not we have a law that enables or that encourages or, discourage, or, or discourages uh, expression uh, and speech. Yeah, but, but if we were to look at Sedition Act, uh, the, I would say the consensus uh, from the civil society is that it does not uh, encourage. In fact, it does exactly the reverse. So the importance of this um, intention by the government, uh, it does uh, signal yeah, towards uh, adhering to that international standards when it comes to uh, when it comes to freedom of expression, and it also signals the fact that when it comes to freedom of speech and expression, um, it's not uh, it's not just about uh, well, it's not just about uh, ensuring that there is no criticism at all. In fact, there are criticism that can, that that are valid. There are criticism that are constructive, and it is this criticism that can then uh, promote an accountable and transparent government. Uh, and that, to me, is a good thing. So, why does it remain a struggle for the government of the day to do away with the Sedition Act completely? <laughs> well, uh, I, I wish I know exactly what goes on behind the scene, uh, but I would say it's the same reason why many, you know, countries over the world who still have sedition act uh, are also finding it a similar, finding a similar struggle to do away with it because because of the fact that um, you know it creates that chilling environment, it, it suppresses. Uh, dissent, it suppresses uh, freedom of speech, uh, then it can be used at the disposal of whoever is in power to stay in power. And, it, and, and in that sense, it benefits some party, some uh, uh, sections of the community that the law stays. Uh, and so, uh, you know, that, that, that essentially, um, in short, why uh, it is so difficult to do away with it. Yeah, so can we talk a little mm -hmm. bit about the present act? I mean, what would have to be amended in the in it uh, so that it mm -hmm. only applies to the question of royalty? All right. Okay. Well, um, my first thought would be section three one because that would be the section that actually lists down the categories. Uh, I mentioned earlier that. Sedition Act criminalizes uh, seditious tendency, and three one actually says seditious tendency here refers to what. So one of it, it would be against the ruler, uh, the government, against the administration of justice, against subjects of the YDPA or any of the ruler. Uh, also, uh, in terms of promoting ill will against uh, among the different races or classes of the population. So these, uh, except for where it concerns the royalty, would have uh, if uh, the government is to go ahead with this. Now, this, of course, is the outcome of um, dialogues that were held by the government on mm -hmm. this subject of the three R's. If the sedition mm -hmm. laws no longer apply, would new mm -hmm. and more specific laws be needed to address uh, things like violent or hateful speech, particularly in relation to race or religion? 
All right. Okay. Uh, well, I am aware of that conversation on, uh, you know, on uh, uh, on the three R and and how and how and where it relates to national unity and also where it relates to uh, hate speech uh, that concerns uh, race and religion. So, having said that, I uh, would not be so quick to say. All right. Uh, now that we do away with Sedition Act, we need another law uh, in place. Uh, Number one, we don't know what form that this new law will take place. Uh, and number two, uh, punitive action, especially if you were talking about, for example, fostering national harmony and national unity. Punitive action doesn't really gel with that intention, with that objective. And so I would be the last uh, to suggest that. I would, in fact, suggest looking into other laws, reviewing this law in the way in the way in which it can uh, further encourage uh, freedom of uh, speech and expression, in the way in which it can further uh, encourage uh, understanding between these different classes, different races, different uh, religion. Uh, and by that, I mean, look at our penal code, look at our Communications and Multimedia Act. Um, these are, these are uh, other laws currently existing that can also be used uh, to uh, address uh, expression, yeah, uh, that can also be used to restrict expression. But the bigger question is whether or not it encourages or discourages uh, expression. Yeah. Uh, so yes, freedom of expression is not absolute. It can be restricted, but the restriction here cannot be uh, so wide that it suppresses valid uh, criticism that it suppresses uh, dissent, uh, but where, for example, it violates the rights and reputation of others, you we already have defamation law in place. Although criminal defamation is problematic, civil law, if if uh, civil law uh, uh, by which defam uh, the the suit of defamation can be filed, that's one way. If you know, if one were to say something untrue about yourself, uh, and what about? Uh, our anti anti discrimination law. Do we have enough of that in place uh, to address uh, issues that, if undressed, could lead to uh, more discrimination against a different uh, against the different population or against the uh, minorities in this country? That, uh, to me, is the next conversation that we should have. Ferdows, thanks for speaking with us today. That was Firdaus Husni, the Chief Human Rights Strategist for Malaysian Centre for Constitutionalism and Human Rights, weighing in on a, um, a decision made by the Cabinet in principle to to rework the Sedition Act so that it will only relate to matters um, when it comes to royalty. So are you in support of this? You can call 77332900, send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899, tweet us at BFM Radio. We'll be back after this for your messages. So keep it here, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.